This is the EWN Podcast Network. When disaster strikes, we may first think about how we are going to recreate the home and the life we had. But are there options that might be better, faster, possibly more affordable? Today, we are sharing our much-anticipated episode with lead architects from Burge Architects Malibu on prefabricated, container, and zero-carbon building options for residential homes. Welcome to From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. When interior designer Jana Rosenblatt had an 80-foot tree fall on her house, she saw the opportunity to create the customized home of her dreams. From Disaster to Dream Home provides you with the information and resources Jana wished she had during her rebuilding process. Now she's sharing with you the expertise of leading architects and home builders and the newest products and materials on the market. Here's your host, Jana Rosenblatt. Welcome back, home builders and remodelers. We've been tracking over the last 23 weeks the design choices we need to make to stay on top of the building schedule in the year-long process of building or rebuilding a new home after a disaster. If you're going through this process, we hope you're getting benefit from our deep dives into working with your insurance company and how to find your rebuilding team, including architect, builder, and interior designer. We have been talking with our guests about the design process, the foundation, the framing stages of construction, and we've included several episodes on kitchen design and designing cabinetry throughout the home. Today, we take a bit of a departure. First, we will talk about alternatives from traditionally built homes, then to understanding options in green living and the use of alternative materials and technologies in sustainable luxury home construction. We start off the show with our guest, Doug Burge, the AIA lead architect and owner of Burge Architects in Malibu. And then we talk with Jennifer Hoppel, AIA lead AP architect and president of the firm. Hi, Doug. Thanks for coming back. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited about this episode. Um, I've been reading a great deal about your work, most specifically after the Woolsey fires in 2018, You've begun to design and implement new homes using the Sunset Bud Living Home Series. They're a fully contained space ranging from 445 to 1200 square feet and can be a complete solution to replacing a home, taking full advantage of the best views and features of the lot, which can be an end to themselves or a solution to um, somewhere that a client can live while they rebuild. How did you get, uh, begin working with this concept? Well, it was interesting on that particular project. It was a combination. Uh, Steve Glenn, who's the principal and founder of Plant Prefab, um, he had heard about us and because we're actually the uh, probably the largest by numbers and quantity of jobs in Malibu as a town. So he wanted to maybe align with us and talk about what he's been doing in his, um, I guess you call it pre-manufactured product lines. And so I also was thinking about, because I had the relationship with Sunset Magazine, and I said, well, why don't we produce something that, that we can actually brand it, and which would make sense um, to do something like that. The third thing that was happening is that California 
within the last few years, um, really under Gavin Newsom, is that he created a whole new area of building, which is the ADU or accessory dwelling unit market. Mm-hmm. So it's created a whole new piece that like every home in like the, U- the U.S., let alone California, you got 30 million people in California. Um, you know, there's a lot of projects there. So that that combination between, you know, building maybe quicker and better, which is what Steve's company you know, had been doing. And, and there's a lot of pre-manufactured home companies and they all kind of came to me and I had known a lot about them anyways, because we were researching them way before the fire. And so, and there was startups and companies that I was even familiar with. They asked us to be involved with. So it just happened to be, you know, a, a great relationship. And so that particular unit is basically 90% done. It's being finished right now. Um, they were hoping to get it out and, and showcase to the public by the end of the year, but they, they've actually, they're so busy. They're working on a lot of other really great projects uh, for, uh, you know, clients. And so we're excited to get this thing debuted. We were hoping to have a debut by November. It looks like it's just the beginning of the year now, but we're excited about it. The, the thing that's interesting on this particular project is that it's a, uh, it's basically um, it, it can be, you know, added onto it's like Lego blocks. Oh, like wow. you, okay, you could, Okay, let's just say right now you can only afford a 600-square-foot studio that's really just a, a bathroom and a, and a living room and a Murphy bed, and, and that's all you can afford. But then I've, I've set it up so you can add modules on easily, like with their own roof. It's like a pl- you know, plug-and-play. Like, okay, uh-huh. ultimately you can build up to 2,000 square feet, and our unit goes all the way to 1,200 feet. Uh-huh. And then you know, it's like a three-bedroom, three-bath with a garage less than 1200 feet, all one story, but you could add on over the years. You, you don't, you don't it very easily like, okay, the addition with the new bathroom might have its own water heater, for instance, you don't have to, you don't have to connect it to the pipes of the, of the previous version. Um, so it's thinking about all these things. And then since then working with Steve, I then been had the pleasure to work with a number of other pre-manufactured um, um, product um, factory companies throughout Southern California, because it's interesting in this particular business. If you think about it, you can be a really great company and the projects in Los Angeles and the really great companies in, let's say, Arizona, or maybe be in Washington state. Well, they may, they have to build this thing in a factory. And then the problem is they got to drive all these parts and of right. the house all the way from Seattle, all the way to Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And they're going to say, Oh, that's not a major part of the price. I said, well, it's going to be a lot more than if you drove it from, let's say San, San, you know, Bernardino, right. Because it's just driving your car, right. It's more gas. Mm-hmm. It's more trips. It's, it's just going to cost more. So yes, if you can find somebody locally that can build these, that's going to be your better bet. Um, because there's, you, you doesn't do you any good having these pieces and parts in a factory, you know, they can be 12 feet wide and 14 feet high and 40 to 50 feet long. And that's fine, but it still has to be shipped on a road and then uh-huh. once it gets to your property, it may have to be craned into place or something else. So whether you're building out of shipping containers or building out of modular, the shipping has to be taken into effect in the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. so that that's, it's not like you just hire a construction crew and you bring them to your site and then they build the project. You're depending on this other group to build this in a factory and ship it to you. So the first one that you're, um, working on finishing is that for a client or is it speculative as a as a show house well the one for sunset by living home is strictly just a speculative project where uh-huh. 
it's going to be at our office. You know, we're going to have a big opening party. We're debuting it. It's, it's going to show all the finishes. We've got a bunch of local people that have donated, you know, the furniture for it. And in fact, oh. my son, Reed Burge has done a lot of the furniture for this unit. Cause he's a, he's a woodworker and a cabinet maker and a very fine craftsman based out of Portland. And so I've got him involved in the business too, of, of, mm-hmm. of putting these things because this is what he does well. So um, we've, you know, this particular project's that, I mean, the shipping container project, which we can certainly talk about is, is, um, it's for a client. I mean, and, and, and they're the, that was their idea. That wasn't even my idea. I have uh-huh. never done a shipping container home and even my own shipping container business, my boo house business with my partner. I mean, that just came out to affect, it just happened to be after the fire that we kind of came up with this idea, but it wasn't because of the fire. Mm-hmm. It's just because we, we developed it and realized that Actually, COVID helped that off too because people just wanted an instant office or an instant classroom or something easy that they can put on their property. So that's that's the boo house business that we have. So, so you're not yet in a position to be um, presenting them as an idea to to your clients. It's kind of been more of an organic evolution to experiment with these materials and with the shipping containers and and things like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not like you go to anybody with experience. I mean, do you, do you go to that same restaurant who's never cooked, you know, French food before and, uh-huh. and, and it's a great Mexican restaurant and all of a sudden you want to tell them to go cook a really good French meal? I mean, they're not as familiar. They, they may eventually get there because they're a good chef, right? So that they'll eventually make you a fine French meal. But so in our case, you know, I, if I'm trained only in a certain way of method and this whole new method, in fact, we had a big meeting the other day and we were planning, we did the, this one couple, we, we, it was in Sunset Magazine, actually. We finished the guest house. It was all built out of shipping containers, four shipping containers. They're living there now because it was an emergency order to get people in their houses immediately as a temporary house. Uh-huh. And they can live in that temporary house for like five years. Oh, great. But we designed the main house with shipping containers. But it's just becoming, it's a two-story structure. It's just engineering-wise, feasibility-wise, who is... Listen, I could design a lot of things, but who's going to be building it, right? So uh-huh. who's can we find a contractor? Is he going to be responsible? Does he have a liability insurance? Is he going to be responsible if something breaks in 10 years? So we're now taking my shipping container house, talking to a pre-manufactured housing company built in a factory, uh-huh. talking to them about doing it. So it might look like a shipping container house, but it's going to be a smart, smarter build built in the factory, not using the actual shipping containers because uh-huh. the whole point of a shipping container is that you, it, it's a box, right? And it's a structure. It like doesn't fall down and uh-huh. you don't have to, but if you start taking out all the walls and the roof and everything else, you have nothing left, right? So you don't really have the shipping container anymore. You just have what was the skeleton of that. Uh-huh. So we need to just look at realistically how that affects these other projects. So, so the, the Sunset Bud House is actually um, something that would be moving in like sheets of walls and kind of stacking flat, whereas the, no, the shipping container, no, no, models, that, yes, what is it? Yeah, well, that, that's actually a built object. When it shows up to your property, it, it's like the furniture's inside of it, the light fixtures are put in, everything okay, so is shipped. it's already three-dimensional. Uh, I mean, you, you, could, you could put some crackers in the, you know, in the pantry and some uh-huh. beer in the refrigerators, as long as the refrigerator's locked, uh-huh. right? So it's kind of like a, a mobile home. So the idea is that uh, you want to be able to put as much as possible in the factory. The, fact, the whole point right. of the factory setting is that rain, sleet, sun, or shine, 
you know, you're building in a factory and usually these factories are located where the, the labor costs are a little bit lower, you know, bringing somebody to Malibu over a Canyon and, and, and you need some pieces and parts and you got to go back over the Canyon to get some more screws or some more parts. That's costly. You're, you're not being very efficient. So it's very super efficient to build in the factory. So, and the other thing that's important to know is that this is custom prefab. It's not like, okay, you come to me, I've got these three designs and that's it. You can maybe change it from blue to red to green, but it's the same design. So a lot of these companies, they'll make their most money because they don't want to do custom. They don't, you know, that that's doesn't, isn't very cost effective for them. So what Steve Glenn does and other guys do is that they, they're doing custom prefabs. So you hire an architect and you do the whole thing. So that's the other thing about this, especially the Bud Living Home. It's a custom design feature. Well, I just want to introduce our audience to Skeeter the Pug, who is making his second uh, debut on our show. I guess the yes. second time isn't a debut, but every time he comes on, it's it's a new it's a new sighting, a new hearing. Um, yes, that's right. So, they, they're chirping away. Yes. So um, so both of these kinds of construction models are coming in three dimensionally and uh, with as much done as possible on the interiors and being assembled then in blocks on the site. Yes, that's correct. And yeah, so, and if you have, if you can just do it in one, then you're great. You're one and done. It's like yeah. having anything delivered to your house. You bought a new motorhome and an airstream, and then you're one and done. But most of the whole point of the prefab is that it's again what fits on a truck, twelve feet wide, fourteen feet high, forty uh -huh. to fifty feet long, um, and and then you uh, put it together on the site, and uh, mm -hmm. and then the, the what you know the whole speech is related to, okay, or the whole sales pitch is saying, okay, what we're building in the factory, we're gonna build this home for the next three months or so in the factory. And then while we're building this in the factory, you are out on the job site, pouring your foundations, you're getting utilities. So when you're done on your site, then all of a sudden this building's ready and then boom, your, your time to finish is why you're typically are building on a factory built setting, your completion time and a regular house might take over a year. This might take a third or half of the time to be completed. And so it sounds like the city of Malibu is making some adjustments to the per permitting process to get people, you know, housed as fast as possible. Um, is that something you think is a permanent embracing of this kind of, um, uh, of immediate solution? Well, it is because it's not like you live in an area where there's never going to be another fire. Unfortunately, right. you know, we had, we, we, and, and then, and, and the building, every city does this, you know, 1933 was when they changed most of earthquake codes because of the Long Beach earthquake. And so unfortunately we have to react to natural disasters. Malibu had a, one of the bigger fires, like I mentioned in, in um, 1993. So we created a, a fire a rebuild code. But then the fire this time was, you know, 800, over 800 homes were taken down, which is a lot for a small town. Um, and so we made even a better code. So we're better prepared now for the next one. And us, our job as local architects is to continue to, as I say, we're in the trenches. We're not just sitting in a room writing code, but we're getting stuff out. We're interviewing clients and so we're helping them understand you know, how do you build better? So when this next thing does happen, we can maybe make the approvals faster and better. But the city of Malibu has done an excellent job of adapting to this because I talked to our brethren in other cities like Napa and mm -hmm. Northern California. And um, 
they're all trying. The good thing about Malibu, we don't have an aesthetic review because if we did, it would really take forever. So yeah, I mean, is that because um, the the ground is much more diverse, and there are it's not like there are tracks as many tracks of homes. They're really on individual lots in this in our area. Well, yeah, they're individual homes. We don't have track homes, um, yeah. and so we we you know they they they've been pretty good at, at doing that. We we you know that that's the good news that we don't we don't have to have the aesthetic review and things are still looking pretty good around here so if the so I, the housing situation once you're out of your house can be extremely costly so i could see that the idea of being able to at least start with um, something that you can be in to in you know three even three to 12 months but three to four months if possible um, on your property so that then you can be a part of the building process. Are, do you think that the, uh, the biggest selling idea is to, to create these dwellings that then can be, you know, a home office or an ADU or something like that for people on their lot while they're rebuilding? Or, or do you think that they're going to be a, uh, an end to themselves and create, you know, more, more um, extensions off your prefab and make that your, your home? Um, well, yeah, that's what you're doing. It's interesting. And you, you had asked a question even on, you know, do you have to have a fire rebuild to do some of these things? And the answer yeah. is no. I mean, we're, right. we're, we're, we have a couple of projects in Malibu where we have a very energetic couple, a great family, and, you know, we're going to remodel their home, but they, they're going to actually, their guest house definitely wants to be a boo house. So we're putting a shipping container as that part of the original design, not just an afterthought and making it part of the design, um, meeting somebody else who is going to be doing, you know, maybe the best method for them is pre-manufactured uh, housing. So we're going to introduce them to the, to what I consider to be the best players in the market. They can interview them and get to know them beforehand. Um, so it's, it's just, there's so many interesting choices now. I mean, I, I if you had asked me five, 10 years ago, Doug, do you think you'd be doing today what you're doing today? And it, it answers you know, not, not, not really. I mean, it's, 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 it's really, you know, just, it's kind of crazy what we're doing now, but I mean, that's exciting too, because it's, again, my job is to give the food choices, right? Expand right. the menu. Yeah. yeah. I'm expanding my menu. So with all of the diversity that you're working with between your cutting edge home construction methods and recreating the more traditional estate homes for your clients, What's your very favorite part of the work that you're currently designing and doing? What's, what's my, what's the most exciting part of that is? Yeah. What's, what is it that you're, you're getting up in the morning most charged to be doing? Well, I, it's, you know, you, it's interesting as an architect, I tell people this all the time. I said that, you know, you wake up and there's two piles of something. There's a pile of business decisions and contracts and other things. And there's, you know, a pile of designs and stuff. You know, my, my tendency as a creative person is do what I seem to do best is, is less on the, the, you know, the motivated on the money side or the contract side, but, you know, get this design done because that's where my brain goes to. So I, I do naturally want to get to that point, but it's, again, you, you're not doing the same thing. So, you know, the challenge is to say, okay, I did that before. What can we do? And even if you thought you created something, a really good idea, challenge yourself saying, no, nope, is there another way to do this? And then that's ultimately you'll come around and realize, wow, that I'm glad I tested even myself. So 
that's just the design process. I don't care if you're designing cars or designing houses or designing, you know, interiors as you're doing, you know, it's just that challenging yourself. And, you know, I, I do pick up, I have a daily website called art daily. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's something I, I see every morning mm-hmm. and I, and I kind of, they, they, what art daily does, it's a, it's not an app, but it's actually just a website where you get an inspiration, architectural inspiration website. And what it does is that it, it gives projects all around the world. Every morning you get this, it's like reading the paper, right? But cool. you're getting our images mm-hmm. and, and, you know, for any architect to ever say, or designer say, Hey, listen, no one's ever done this before. Well, that the chance of that happening is nil. I mean, it's probably uh-huh. done. Uh-huh. And maybe it's never been published, but it, it, it might've been done in Kenya or, or Indonesia or, or Romania or wherever. So I'm getting all these images and I'm, I'm going, wow, that's kind of cool. That's a new way to do that. Or that's another way to do a roof. That's another way to do windows. So I'm kind of getting inspired by a worldwide vision. And I, I feel like at least by then I'm, I'm getting a little more knowledgeable on basically, you know, some of the things that we've been talking about is that how does somebody in a room that doesn't have any outside contact get creative, right? Because mm-hmm. your brain needs a little stimulus. And so my stimulus is checking out what other people are doing. I'm not saying I'm agreeing to those ideas, but every once in a while you go, oh, wow, you know, there was some skylight I saw the other day that slides across. So you don't have to, that's, you put stairs all the way to the ceiling and just slide the, it's probably been done before, but I thought, well, that's an easy way. I don't have to worry about the height limit and you can still get up to your roof. Right. Uh-huh. So I don't know. It's just, there's always something. And that's what keeps you hopping and interested. So we're going to be talking for the other half of this show about um, alternative building methods with Jennifer Hopple. Can you just give us a little bit of an introduction to her? How does she fit into your company? Yeah, well, Jennifer is amazing. Uh, Jennifer um, is an architect in her own right. She's been doing this for, I think, uh, I don't know, multiple years, five, eight years. She's, she's got a younger family, and, and she'd been working with a couple different architects that, that actually I, I'm their friends of mine. And so I knew where she came from. I knew what she was doing. And um, she'd been with our firm currently for about five or six years now. And mm-hmm. and I just knew and, and, and that, okay, if I'm going to take our company to the next level, I need to have and work with people with, within the own. You know, you always, they tell you that business people, hey, you know, look look within your own family and see uh-huh. maybe there's there's somebody there that can help you, you know, versus hiring outside. And, and it certainly came to light. You know, I had some employees with me that have been with me for almost 20 years, over 20 years. Um, and so Jennifer, to me, was the natural fit to make the president of the company. And we were growing to a point where, you know, I need somebody else that I know that I can, that, that, that she especially can, you know, certainly be by herself, command a room, get the respect that she can and she has and she deserves and she, and she exudes, you know, to anybody, you know, it, it's an interesting profession, you know, there's, you know, a lot of different architects and, and certainly Jennifer is a natural choice for that. So unfortunately the biggest problem I had, I had an interview during COVID, right? So I couldn't have that real fancy party where I wanted to have everyone at. <laughs> And then, well, you know, here, everybody, here's our new president, you know, so we're going to eventually get to the party. But uh, Jennifer also brings a different part of what I do is that um, and this is just what she had decided to do. She's very astute at doing um, this particular project is a carbon neutral project that 
Mm-hmm. There's an institute called a LEED, the LEED certification program. Um, and, and so that's an energy and design program that's throughout the country, um, actually throughout the world. Um, and Jennifer's very involved in that, sustainable type of designs, decisions. And besides being an excellent designer, she's got that other part that she's really good at. And so she was fortunate. We all were fortunate that we had a client that really was into this. And uh, so they would spend the extra time and effort to build a home and a project projects that um, have, you know, they, everything was thought of, you know, and then what is the cost going to be when this house is run and, and, you know, what are the materials that go into it and, are we really doing our best effort to make it a, a zero carbon neutral house? So she will speak to that behalf, but he certainly has the credentials and um, I look forward to working with her for a long time. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really excited to meet her. So we're going to set that up so that we can get the whole picture on this episode. So thank you again so much for being with us. I really appreciate it. Jennifer Hoppel has joined us for the second half of this episode to speak specifically about the amazing alternative building materials and concepts that are in the works at Burge Architects Malibu, where you are the president and architect. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, nice Hi. to be here. You t- I'm so glad to have you. It's Our audience has gotten you. to um, a chance to hear a lot from Doug about you and about um, the work that you guys are doing in alternative Um, building aspects. Um, And I've just been looking so forward to meeting you. Uh, Let's just cut right into the questions. Great. Burge Architect has teamed up with California-based development firm Crown Point Estates to create a collective of four zero-carbon homes. I've been reading a lot about the Marisol project and, uh, and the series that are being built that you've been working on. Can you tell us about it? Absolutely. Um, It's actually a a larger development. There are 17 total lots um, that the Crown Point Estates has developed over, you know, the last decade or two. And for these specific properties, they are developing them themselves as spec homes for these four units or these four properties. And, you know, they have really taken the lead to make sure that their development and and what they're putting into the marketplace is really sustainable. And, you know, it's it's been a real pleasure to work with them. We've worked with them for many years now, Um, but to to really dive into the focus of building uh, net carbon zero homes has been really exciting. And, you know, they're going all in and we're really proud to be a part of it. Now, the first of the series was completed in July of this year, 2021, and holds the distinction of being California's first zero carbon home as certified by the International Living Future Institute, which is the world's most rigorous green building standard. Uh, How did you and Burge Architects get involved with this project? Um, you know, we've been involved with uh, with Crown Point for quite some time now, um, helping them on other projects in the Marisol development. And, um, you know, they they actually contracted us for all four of these properties that we're kind of rolling out one by one. Um, and this is the first of the carbon series. Um, it's really been a fantastic um, working relationship with them. And, um, you know, when when they, you know, they brought forward the carbon neutral agenda or the carbon zero agenda. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were thrilled, absolutely thrilled to have that be a part of, of, you know, the design agenda. Yeah. yeah it's amazing. Uh, you know, to just add that huge element onto 
everything we know and finding the best solutions, which we'll talk about in, in great detail. Absolutely. Um, and what does it mean to be a zero carbon home? Um, well, so to be a zero carbon home, we really had to look at every aspect of building from the materials to how we build it to where we're, the building, where the materials are coming from. Um, it's really a fantastic um, whole approach to looking at your impact when you're building, um, when you're building. Um, so again, carbon being released into the atmosphere is what is increasing um, our global temperatures. And that's, that's what scientists have found to be the most impactful um, thing to study for the future. And that is the number one thing we need to change to get our planet back on track. So, um, we found in the last, you know, number of years that the focus has really gone to carbon as the bottom line, the bottom line for what is going to make the biggest impact on, on our environment. And so therefore we're really focusing everything we do on what carbon is being, um, released into the atmosphere due to what we're, we're building uh -huh. and also how much can be sequestered. Um, uh -huh. you know, via um, trees and growth and, and that sort of thing. So we, it's really a balancing act of making sure that what we are, um, what we're doing in our construction activities and our building activities and how the house is ultimately run averages out to a net zero. So that, in, you know, instead of adding more carbon, we're decreasing the carbon in the atmosphere by the time that we're done and through the operation of the building. Yeah, it's an amazing concept. Uh, the first uh, completed home is a, a $32 million, mm -hmm. 14,429 square foot home on 2.48 acres of Ocean View property. It's okay. a modern ranch style home with six bedrooms, six full bathrooms, three half baths, a home theater, dual refrigerated wine rooms, and organic fruit orchard, vegetable and herb garden, and an apiary for pollination of yeah. honey harvest and, and a saltwater pool. And those are the only, only the features that I couldn't resist mentioning. They're, it's sort of <laughs> endless. What yeah. are some of the significant specific carbon reduction strategies that have been included? Oh my gosh, everything, you know, um, from, from the get-go, we've looked at how this building was constructed. And again, we've done other projects with the Crown Point Group. So we had things uh -huh. to compare to. Yeah, so that helps a lot. Absolutely. So we looked at, you know, should we, you know, from every decision, should we build this um, with a post-tension concrete foundation the way we've done previous homes? Or is there a way to reduce the, num the amount of concrete? So we did analysis on that. And again, with when I say we, this is a whole team. We had, we had energy consultants. We worked with Stoke. We worked with Beyond Efficiency, like other consultants who really can focus in and on quantifying the actual carbon of each choice that could be made and then mm -hmm. choosing the best solution. So for example, we did an analysis of you know, a post-tension foundation versus a raised crawl space foundation tried to analyze all the different components, all the different materials and the quantity of carbon that would be done by either one of those two systems. And we chose the crawl space, the raised crawl space foundation, because that had the least carbon impact. Um, the same way we look at, so wood naturally, as long as it's grown in um, FSC certified uh, forest, forests and, and done in a sustainable manner, wood growth actually um, 
sequesters carbon. So we always prioritize using wood over steel or concrete whenever we could. Uh, so uh, uh. we worked. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no. So that so by sequester, you mean it absorbs? Yes, absolutely. Carbon. You know, like so it removes it from the atmosphere. Absolutely. Okay. Like, you know, going back to your, you know, yeah. your elementary school, you know, I, I when that you're day. learning about plants, right? Yeah. It takes a carbon yeah, dioxide right. out of the air and it utilizes that to grow. So it's, it's a great symbiotic relationship. So, you know, we try to emphasize using wood whenever we could over materials that actually emit carbon in their manufacturing to the planet or to the atmosphere. Um, so yeah, that, that is really well that. explained because um, as I've been doing a lot of reading about the project, it, it seemed almost counterintuitive to be using real lumber. But of course, and we'll talk about this more in depth in another episode, um, is that you're using sustainable lumber and right. things like that. And then the lumber has a purpose. So that's really right. amazing. So right. well, as you were designing these homes, you know, there's still, there's so much to consider in terms of the science you wanted to achieve. Um, but did you have like a homeowner in mind or how did you um, begin, you know, how did you work through the design kinds of details? Well, you know, that's interesting because this is, this, this is being built as a, a spec home per se, but of course it's certainly being designed with an end user in mind, right? Yeah. Where, you know, this, I mean, it's not, it's, it's um, a high price point and these are luxury homes. So we have the luxury, you know, we, you know, not everyone can afford a $32 million home. I certainly can't. Really? Yeah, no, I, <laughs> but I, you know, we have to understand challenge. that these that there's still, even if, you know, these homes are going to get built regardless, uh -huh. there is a market for these homes. And what we were trying to show is that just because you want a luxury home or you need a large home for whatever it may be for your large family or for your entertaining needs or whatever it may be, that you don't have to sacrifice luxury for sustainability. They can go hand in hand that we were really able to, um, still do all the beautiful architectural moments and, and have a fantastic, beautiful design mm -hmm. and in no way sacrifice design for sustainability or sacrifice sustainability for design. Excellent. Yeah. The goal of the series of homes is to demonstrate what sustainable luxury looks like. These four new homes not only do not abuse the natural resources, but they contribute to improving the environment and eliminating greenhouse gases. Can you see a time when the success of the goals and techniques of these four properties will become tools that we can use in all levels of home building? Absolutely. I mean, just be, you know, we're doing this at a, at a large scale, right? But mm -hmm. it, it's it, every single one of these, these tools that we're using are applicable for smaller homes or for other types of construction. Um, it, and it really, it, it's been just a phenomenal experience to work on this where the clients are hundred percent all in. We didn't have to push them to say, Hey, you really need to look at this. I know it's different and weird, but like, let's try it. They were a hundred percent all the builders, in. The, 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 the builders, absolutely. Right. The builders right. and the owners and the clients, the, the whole thing. Um, and, and so now that we can say, look, we've done it. it. We didn't sacrifice on anything and we were still able to use these. So I think it, the more, the more it's done, the more, it becomes normal. And uh -huh. you look back on the, the old ways of building and you're like, whoa, I can't believe we ever did that. Why would, right. why would we do that? <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see. Uh, we did a lot of talk conversation about foundations and about raised versus slab foundations. So the fact that we're now lifting houses again, especially in California, where 
in my entire career, I haven't built a house that isn't on a slab, but I live in one that's a raised foundation because I grew up in Boston. But anyway, oh, that's right, a longer right. story. In this episode, we've only touched on the variety of home building and rebuilding options, as well as the new technologies that Burge Architects Malibu is involved in. We are going to continue speaking with Jennifer Hoppel about the specific design aspects of the Marisol Zero series and have our conversation available on a future episode. If this is a subject that interests you, we would love to hear about it at www.fromdisastertodreamhome.com. Thank you for joining us on this episode of From Disaster to Dream Home, the podcast that takes you inside the home building and rebuilding process. Each week, we bring you time-tested practices and the latest trends through conversations with top professionals in the building industry. You can find other episodes of From Disaster to Dream Home at EWNPodcastNetwork.com, as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and most other major podcast streaming services. Need design help? You can contact us or find out more about our guests at FromDisasterToDreamHome.com. Until next time, let us guide and inspire you as you create the home of your dreams. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.